Hi everyone and welcome to episode 158 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. How are we today Lauren? We're doing well. I just can't believe that we're almost, we're we're closer now to 200 than we are 100 I know. episodes. Like that's really weird that we're over the halfway mark. It feels like only yesterday that we did that episode 100 special with I know. Kyle, Lauren and Colin. I, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy to think how long ago that was, but how, yeah, it, it's really, it's really bizarre. I mean, I feel like it was just last year that it was Yumi and Kyle, uh, Yumi and Kyle, Yumi and Colin. I was never <laughs> yeah. on the show with Kyle, actually, I don't think. No. No, I never did the show with Kyle. I only Aww. did it with uh, you and, you and Colin. And Spencer. And Spencer, yep. And uh, we had Jared as well. Oh, we're taking a trip down memory lane on 158. What a random number. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, Square Enix have kind of just gone silent. Yeah. Uh, at the moment. It's been a bit of a... Based on everything that's happened over the last couple of years, it's it's kind of a weird situation for us to be in. Although I, I would say that they are still pumping out tons of news relating to the mobile games. Oh, yeah. We're getting updates about Record Keeper, Mobius, and Brave Exvius on oh, almost a daily news. basis. Mm-hmm. But um, we don't play any of those games. No, unfortunately. I mean, I know Brayden's been uh, pushing me, pushing me to play Mobius. I mean, the fact that they're doing the Final Fantasy X event, like, I don't know when that's going live. It's going to be next year for us. Next year for us. Because, like, uh, it would be great because since I'm playing Final Fantasy X at the moment on the channel, um, it'd be great if I could play Mobius's uh, Final Fantasy X content. But, yeah, it's not going to be out until next year. Bummer. Although you are getting a new phone soon, so you will have more uh, disk space to be mm. able to play the game. Yeah, Because that was your issue, right? Um, No, it's more so the fact that my phone just dies all the time. And the fact you didn't have enough space for it. Yeah. That's why I got rid of it, I think yeah hmm. trying to think back oh maybe i had the 5c then hmm. and my 5c was like eight gigabyte yeah um but yeah so based on the fact that there's not really been anything happening we are going to be talking about the one thing that did happen <laughs> uh we're going to be trying to talk about it in kind of a reasonable amount of detail because it's our only major topic this episode yeah. and that is final fantasy 7 part 2 which, Which is a very yeah. confusing subject matter, considering everything that has happened with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. But we will explain, don't worry. Yeah. We then have a couple of new stories after that. But, I mean, there's been literally nothing really happening <laughs> of any significant note. So, um, yeah, we may breeze through those. We'll see. <laughs> But for you new folks who are listening for the first time, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday, working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and the podcast is released on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. Yeah. I'd say that the Kingdom Hearts guys are actually having a similar problem to us right now. Yeah, because they're there's... even even worse. Like they've been going through this for ten years, whereas we've been yeah. going through this. We're not for used not to this. So they are a lot more comfortable with these kind of dry spells. I know. We should learn from them. We should. Well, they've been doing a lot of analysis uh, mm. podcast recently about uh, Kingdom Hearts. Time key. to start analyzing. Yeah, let's analyze every single thing ever. Yep. The mobile games. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, all right, so now we're going to do Patreon shout-outs. So this is for everyone who has paid $2.50 or more per episode. <laughs> Starting with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Lewis James. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Chaco Taco. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. 
Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Z Duranto 58. William Trengove at Varnas the Azure. Michael. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster 73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohamed Kayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Knack 95. Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray. Fatanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. John McRae. Marcus Konecki. Miles Ribbons. And Richard Holman at Vex Lenin. Yay. Yay! And I just want to say, like, I've noticed some of you guys have been uh, have been hitting up the chat during my live stream. Uh, Rachel and, and Barry are, are ones that come to mind at the moment. But thank you guys so much. Um, and yeah, no, thank you guys so much for the support. On that, I mean, some of you may not be aware, but Lauren is actually playing through Final Fantasy X, doing a live yes. stream at the moment. So she streams on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. GMT. Mm-hmm. Slightly different time from what she used to do, but we've uh, well, had it's to... BST at the moment, I think. It is. Yeah, well, BST. English time. English time. That's probably England. the easiest way to do it. Whatever the, the time, time is in London. The time of England. <laughs> yeah, whatever the time is in London. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lauren's playing through that at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, how far have you got to the moment? I actually have gotten to the Calmlands, and I left off right before you go into Yojimbo. So I've been trying to uh, wager with Yojimbo to maybe uh, give me a discount on his services, and uh, it has not worked. Uh. So <laughs> I'm trying desperately to uh, to get that to work, but um, yeah. But be sure to check that out if you haven't uh, already done so. Uh, Lauren posts what well, the live stream happens on Final Fantasy Union, the YouTube mm-hmm. channel, but Lauren also posts up the, the playthroughs on her second channel, Miss Lauren. Yes, Miss Lauren Vids. Yes. All right, so... Now we're going to go on to our main topic, Yay. which is Final Fantasy VII Part Two. Again, not still Part very, Two no. of the episodes. No, this, Final Fantasy okay. Seven Remake. Yeah. Two. So just just to clarify here, we're not talking about Part Two of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. We're talking about a sequel to the completed series of the remake, mm. which is just confusing in itself because we haven't even got to that yeah. point yet. Yeah. But anyway, so. It all came because Tabata was talking to a publication called Game Revolution during the Tokyo Game Show about Final Fantasy XV. Obviously, during the Tokyo Game Show, they announced loads of stuff, like the fact that they were doing new updates, they were going to be talking about the game into 2018, all this kind of stuff. But the conversation naturally got onto the Final Fantasy VII remake, even though Tabata isn't involved with it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to be honest, like the way they segued in was kind of ballsy. They... They implied that, you know, obviously with Final Fantasy XV, Nomura was directing the game and Tabata took over directorial duties eventually. And they kind of said, well, if the opportunity arose for you to take over directorial duties on the Final Fantasy VII remake, is this something you'd be interested in? <laughs> and what did he say, Lauren? No. <laughs> yeah, that was a, it was a flat, no. flat no. And like some people have been discussing this and like sort of gauging... Um, sort of how they feel about this kind of news and like I honestly don't I I don't think I could ever really blame Tabata for not wanting to do it because like essentially he has been cleaning up after a lot of Square Enix's messes over the last decade or so he um he had Crisis well he had Crisis Core that wasn't really a mess but um Final Fantasy Agito was definitely a, a a mess up with the um 
Which Fabula Nova Crystallis. And um, then, I mean, he had Final Fantasy fifteen, So he's kind of been like the, um, the sweep up, the clean up crew of Square Enix's titles, um, of some of them, some of their titles. And like, I don't really blame him for not wanting to come in and save the day. Also, again. I mean, there's no real need with with Final Fantasy 15. It was an opportunity for him, yeah, because he'd only ever been working on mobile and handheld titles. And after the completion of Type Zero, they gave him the opportunity to work as co-director on Final Fantasy 15, supporting Nomura. Mm-hmm. He took that opportunity, and um, then obviously they said, "Well, do you want to take over the full project?" He said yes because it was his op- it was his chance to get away from doing mobile and handheld games. Yeah, it it was a, a chance for him essentially to show everyone what he could do, and I think he did that to a degree. Yeah, like he showed everyone that he can release a game. Yeah, which is the most important thing about Final <laughs> Fantasy 15. Um, but with, he doesn't need to do that anymore. Like, what no. what does he have to prove? He he just he he's basically revitalized the Final Fantasy franchise. He he made a game that outsold Final Fantasy nine and twelve. Yep. So it's just like why why should he have to try and do that again? And also, why should he have to put that on himself as well? Because I mean, like, there's a lot of pressure on Square Enix to really deliver on the Final Fantasy remake, just as well, probably if not yeah, more and, pressure. And, and it wasn't his decision to make it. No, it was Kataze's and uh, Hashimoto's decision to proceed forward with it at, the, at this point in time. Exactly. So, I mean, he doesn't want another another Final Fantasy fifteen on his shoulders. Like, sure, he could probably produce it, but like, it's not the point. Like, his his name has already been pretty much dragged through the mud. Even if, even like negating the fact that he actually he actually got Final Fantasy 15 released and all the stuff he's done afterwards like a lot of fans really don't like him right now like even though there's a lot of fans who respect him for what he did there's a lot of fans who still don't really like him and if he went in and did something to Final Fantasy 7 I mean initially people are already going to have that negative sentiment over him even though I don't I don't really think it's it's um necessary or called for um but like there are a lot of fans who will still be like no this guy needs to stay away from this project i'm not supporting this project blah 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 like it's 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 a high profile project and like yeah he doesn't want to have to be put on a sort of um under a microscope again yeah and i think um i mean part of the reason why they asked the question as well just obviously to kind of poke at the fact that he took over from Nomura before was the fact that Tabata has actually directed more Final Fantasy 7 games than anyone else mm. so he he directed Final Fantasy 7 well before Crisis and he also directed Crisis Core also really if you consider it he's directed more Final Fantasy games than Nomura ayo <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone has at this point <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, so they, they did kind of highlight those two things and this then took the conversation in a slightly different way because he was pointing about the fact that, you know, before Crisis and Crisis Core aren't Final Fantasy VII, they are mm. spin-offs. They're kind of prequels, essentially. Very different types of games than the original Final Fantasy VII was. And based on that, he was just like, well, you know, Kataze and Nomura were the two people that were kind of spearheading the original Final Fantasy VII projects. So they worked with other people essentially to come up with the base story scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very integral to the project. So they are the ones that ha- have the vision of how they want to recreate it. I think yeah. it's 
he doesn't think it's appropriate for someone else to kind of come in with them still around and say this is how Final Fantasy 7 remake sh- or this is how Final Fantasy 7 should be remade. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like these guys already know like they they've gone through Final Fantasy 7. They know the ins and outs of the story like yeah. It, it isn't really his baby. It isn't really his place. But what he did say though, which then kind of opened up some of a can of worms was that because he worked on Before Crisis and Crisis Core before in the past, he's actually quite comfortable working with sequels and spin-offs. Mm. And he said that once the Final Fantasy VII remake has kind of concluded, like all the parts are released, he would actually be interested in working on a sequel to the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, I guess he didn't really need to say that. No, no, um, he didn't need to. Like, that was a Tabata... No moment. But I mean, it essentially, it confirmed the fact that the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. That it's not can we, it's not going to be uh, kind of um, canon with the original compilation. That there is room for a full-on sequel because obviously Final Fantasy VII already had two sequels. Yeah, it already had Advent Children and it already had Dirge of Cerberus. And if we're talking about having a sequel to the remake. He wasn't talking about doing a remake of Dirge of Cerberus and Advent Children. No. He was talking about a full-on sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. Which then kind of opens up, well, how much is the story going to be changed? Is the game even going to conclude in the same point than we saw in the original? I honestly, like, from that, I sort of took away, like, I mean, I've been trying to work out in my brain how they were going to incorporate all of the Final Fantasy VII compilation within the Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, I mean, well, we also don't really know if they are going to do that, but like... They have said that they're going to include characters from the compilation where it mm-hmm. makes sense for them to do so. Exactly. So are they going to have Genesis in it? Or are they going to have, like, even just the the storyline between Lucrezia I, and I mean, Hojo? I think that from a... story. From a marketing perspective, which is very much how they think about things these days... There is going to be more focus around Zack Fair. Has to be. Mm. He's one of the biggest characters in the Final Fantasy VII universe now. Yeah. Crisis Core was such a big thing for him. There's also... I appreciate there's a lot of hatred for Genesis. People, a lot of people don't like him. But there's yeah. also a lot of people that do really like Genesis yeah. as a character. And I'd say that of all of the people in Crisis Core that were introduced in that game, he's the one that is most likely to feature. I mean, he had a prominent role in Crisis Core... At the end of Dirge Cerberus, it was very much hinted that he was going to be coming on to bigger things. Yeah. I think he's more likely to feature as opposed to a character like Angeal, who yeah. I think is kind of more easy to kind of cut away. Yeah. But then it's also like, I mean, Vincent has such a bigger storyline with uh, Dirge of Cerberus. So how are they going to but that's after. incorporate that? Like, I mean, I sort of think like, it would make sense if the Final Fantasy VII remake focused solely on the Final Fantasy VII story, and then maybe if they did do a sequel or like a DLC um, expansion, they could do like episode Vincent or episode um, episode Genesis to sort of redo the bits that they did back way back when. But that might give the... people non flashbacks to Final Fantasy fifteen. <laughs> it would do, but I mean, that's that's the path that they've chosen at the moment. And if they did it well, because as you and I were saying, like, you know, if they do DLC, 
story DLC well. If they make it like it is its own, it could be essentially its own game, like Comrades, like that, that's acceptable to me. Like, I mean, you know, Dirge Cerberus' story wasn't in the original Final Fantasy VII. It was its own thing. So why not just have an episode, Vincent, where it's like this whole other thing where it's just, it's Vincent's story and then you can have this Fiat's in there again and... And you could have episode Yuffie as well, where it's it's all about Wutai and Godo and... Or even just episode Zack, where it, it goes through sort of the crisis core, um, the crisis core stuff. I mean, it's also begging the question, like, what else are they going to do with the Final Fantasy VII remake? Are they going to treat it like Final Fantasy XV? Are they going to have another movie to fill in the blanks of other storylines, I, story I mean, plots? I mean, Kataze did say, I think it was early this year after the 30th anniversary, that they were considering other properties to help expand the Final Fantasy VII compilation. Like, it wasn't just going to be these however many parts there are going to be yeah they were thinking about making more movies more spin-off titles mobile games to try and help promote this new new story yeah so i don't know how expansive it's going to go like they could obviously brotherhood had a very positive reception if, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they did another animated movie of, of a similar kind of in, a, in a, prom- a similar promotional vein yeah but we just don't know this point because everything has gone completely silent with the final fantasy VII remake yeah clearly square enix aren't interested really in promoting it right now we don't know how badly things were affected by the decision to essentially fire cyber connect 2 yeah they could be so far behind where they were supposed to be now and again we also don't know whose decision it was to fire cyber connect 2 because Nomura alluded uh in a really long interview i can't remember when it was it was a couple of months ago now i think when he was talking about kingdom hearts 3 and he's a bit fed up with the negative perception that people have of him mm-hmm. and he's basically shouldered the burden of a lot of decisions that were made on his behalf yeah for example with kingdom hearts 2 the fact it's coming out in 2018 as opposed to 2017 kingdom hearts 3 you mean sorry kingdom hearts 3 um the fact it's coming out a year later was because square enix forced him to change the games engine now he didn't necessarily degree- disagree with this decision but everyone thought that the delay was his fault yeah Whereas it was just a case of, no, he's had to... The company made a decision that they were going to support Unreal Engine 4, probably with Final Fantasy VII Remake in mind, as it's using the same engine. Mm-hmm. And he just had to kind of roll with it and, and deal with that. And and because of that, they their timings went a lot of whack. They lost key staff members when they were supposed to have had them, but they had to go and work on other projects. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if something similar has happened with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, whether the CyberConnect 2... The, the agreement, it may, it could have been his decision. We know in the past they said that he was unhappy with mm. the work they were doing. But clearly they proceeded with it for like two years mm. after that. So I, I don't know. But but getting back onto the, the, the prospect of a sequel, I, I mean, I can't see Tabata genuinely going down that route. No. But I think it's going to depend on how his next project works out. I mean, this interview he was talking about the fact that they've not really started doing too much on his new game mm-hmm. um which kind of surprises me a little bit because it doesn't it, really for me because he's still working so much on I know but that, that's why I'm saying it's quite surprising mm-hmm. because I would like to have think that they wouldn't have put Final Fantasy 15 forward to the point where it jeopardized what he's going to do next ah uh, yeah because he also did say that they have milestones to meet they've got KPIs and everything that they have to try and 
adhere to relating to their new product, but he said they're not even in pre-production yet. Um, there's only like 20, 30 people working on it, tops. Yeah. Most of the people are still working on Final Fantasy 15, I guess for the rest of the year. And then after this year, it will then shift over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it doesn't sound like his new IP is going to be coming out anytime soon. No. But then we have still no idea when the, the first part of the Final Fantasy VII remake is going to be coming out. I mean, I'm guessing it's not going to be next year. It's probably going to be 2019 because Kingdom Hearts 3 is next year. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of what's the schedule? What's the schedule for the rest of the parts? Is it going to, is it going to be every every year? Is it going to be every six months? Every and then it's two just years? the whole idea of like whether or not it's even going to all be on the PlayStation 4 or not. Like whether or not they're going to have to have a, a console change as well. Because it's yeah, I mean they're clearly going to start talking about the next console generations within the next year or two. The PlayStation Four Pro and Xbox One X are kind of stopgap solutions that have just expanded the generation on a little bit more. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I just it I I know Tabata likes to kind of say things tongue in cheek and he likes to have a joke. Yeah. Um. But clearly, there's no real. (laughs) I mean, maybe he would be interested in working on the sequel for the game. As I said, he is quite ingrained in the story. He worked on Before Crisis and Crisis Core, so he clearly is very invested, especially in characters like Zack, who he really likes as a character. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it was an interesting interview to yeah. say the least, and I I was still I still think it's incredibly ballsy that the guys at Game Revolution decided to go down that line of questioning I know. as opposed to asking something else like, oh, by the way, um, let's just drudge up this really contentious piece of history about Fun Fantasy 15. Hey, they got the headline, didn't they? They did get the headline. Is there anything else you want to you talk about this, Lauren? I, I, I feel like... I mean, not, not necessarily, because like it's not that much to really address i mean we don't we barely know that much of anything with the final fantasy 7 remake like it's it's just so difficult to say i'm really i'm really scared and sort of cynical and and skeptical about what is going on with the final fantasy 7 remake obviously since they're keeping quite tight-lipped about why cyber connect to left the project like i don't know we don't know whether or not it was the fact that like they legitimately were not performing well because like i personally as a fan i thought that the trailer was decent i thought that the trailer was good well so but from reading into this last couple of days actually for some reason um the 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 contentions they had was the original reveal trailer. So mm-hmm. CyberConnect T were working on that original reveal trailer. Nomura wasn't happy with what they produced for it. Yeah. I don't know who worked on the PlayStation Experience trailer. Oh, him. Um, but, but I, don't know, I was it's... happy with it. I thought that was a, a great one. Uh, everybody freaked out. Like it was, it was a the great reveal way trailer. to do. Yeah. Everybody... Well, that was because Nomura stepped in and changed it. Oh, all. he changed it all. Oh, him. So yeah, so we don't know what they what they originally produced, I guess. No. Um, but then I, like yeah, but then how much of it how much of it did CyberConnect like sort of I'm I'm guessing they probably would have put a stop at some stuff and been like, No, you can't you can't have that or you can't have this or because we're stepping out you can't have this. Like I don't know if they I, they will they will have had to have redone stuff. I think yeah. the the thing that really kind of confuses me slightly is as far as I'm aware I don't think Square Enix have ever officially commented on it. They, they did. Shinji Hashimoto commented on the... On the the ditching of them? Yeah. What did he say? He just said basically that they just weren't 
Um, I think like the quality was just not at the level that they would want from a Square Enix game, and so they've. But again, like why? Why two years? Yeah, that's a long. I know. How did that take? How did that take two years for them to figure that out? But then I also sort of wonder, like, how did they not sort of figure that out from the quality of the G Bike game? Like, G Bike was so minuscule next to the Final Fantasy VII remake and what they would have needed But then I think that. they were more looking at the Naruto games. Yeah, um, Obviously, they do so. have a pedigree of, of creating, like, good visually uh, good visual games. Like, they're yeah, the best Naruto games out there. Yeah, but not to the standard. There. Not nearly to the standard of Final Fantasy VII remake of what they would... what they're looking for in the Final Fantasy VII remake. No. Like, they really want to pull out all the stops. They should have just said, hey, Platinum... Um, I know. Oh my god! Could you imagine a platinum, a platinum games version of Final Fantasy VII? The gameplay would be so on it point. It would be so amazing. And yeah, no, that would be gorgeous. I wish that they could turn around and just say, "Hey, you know what? Why don't we just use them again?" And like, there's a part of me that thinks that platinum games would be up for it, if only because it's the it's freaking the, like, Final the, Fantasy yeah. VII remake. I think anyone would be up for it. It's the it's the big. I mean, like when um when they announced that uh, they were using Unreal Engine four, Epic mm. Games were just like, "Whoa, guys! Yeah. Like, thank you so much for choosing to use our technology for like the biggest game ever." Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it would be incredible if they had platinum games do everything because. I, you know, I, I, I respect Nomura's talents, but I don't think that he's necessarily somebody who is very good with directing gameplay. Like, I think, you know, he's tried things out with the Kingdom Hearts series. Some of it's worked, some of it's not worked, but I don't think that it trans it will translate the best into Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, I honestly have no clue how they're going to do what they're planning to do. They couldn't do it with Final Fantasy XV. How well, Decidia, are they planning on doing it with Final Fantasy VII? Decidia is more what his vision is mm. for, the, for gameplay. Which is very confusing and uh, very hard to watch. Yeah, because they've said that <laughs> for me, they said that Decidia is kind of the the what they're trying to achieve with the Final Fantasy VII Remake battle yeah. system, but just kind of toning it down. Like yeah. it's not going to be as crazy, but that's yeah. kind of their inspiration. Yeah, that's where Nomura sees combat being. Yeah, whereas I just think like you know, leave it to the people who really know. Like Nomura knows how to design characters and make them interesting. Have him do that and direct or whatever but let platinum oh, games handle the gameplay actually on that note i seem to remember the director of dissidia duodecim i mm-hmm. think is working on the final fantasy VII remake as the battle director oh really yeah so i think they are pulling people that worked on dissidia onto the project to try and flesh out the battle system yeah but yeah as you said but dissidia like- can can be considered somewhat of a mess. I'm not like I'm not a fan of Dissidia's gameplay. I'm happy to have an action RPG. I'm happy to have like a sort of Kingdom Hearts style gameplay, even though I just sort of insulted it. But like I'm happy to have <laughs> I, that at least for me is playable. But Dissidia, I just like I I don't know. I mean, I still have to play it. Fair enough. But like from watching the videos, I just find it looks very confusing. And I I have played the original games, which I also had found very um I don't know, I just I just didn't find it to be that that user friendly. Hmm. Well, either way, I think um we should probably move on to uh, talking <laughs> about the minimal amount of news that we've had mm. this past two weeks. Yeah. You know what? No, I 
sorry, just to sort of caveat that, they should look to uh, Type Zero's gameplay. Type Zero had decent gameplay, if I'm honest, because it was like that cross between action RPG and like sort of turn-based, but you could switch out people, couldn't you? Uh, yes. Well, when people died, you, yeah, they got replaced. Yeah, but like I thought that that was that was a decent. No, you you people didn't have to switch when you died. Because I had, I switched out people all the time, I remember, if okay. I remember correctly. But, like, that would work. That sort of system. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had 15, 15? How many characters are 12? Yeah. 12 different styles of gameplay. Yeah. That. And I thought that worked out really well. And I think that if they if they had that kind of system, I think that but would that, be... But the whole thing is that, that Tabata's division is the kind of action I know, division. I know. Whereas... Nomura's is just sort of like the... Nomura isn't part of one. Fluffy, fluffy, fluffy. Nomura just kind of floats around and works with whatever division will take (laughs) him. It's like a floating head. Yeah. Mm. Put a zipper here. Can we move on to the news now? Okay. Actually, on that note, I just... I was looking at the original concept art for Genesis and he just looks like an organization member. No, wait. Yeah. Yeah, basically, right. Yeah, organization member. Yeah. Anyway. Right, news. Yeah. So, um, since we're talking about Final Fantasy Type-0, we have the amazing news that it has launched in, well, Type-0 Online, mm. also known as Final Fantasy Awakening, has launched in South Korea. Yay! <laughs> it's somewhat closer. <laughs> yeah, they had 800,000 signups apparently before launch. So, clearly, like, there's people that are interested in it. I think yeah. it's doing really well in China, actually, still. Yeah. I don't know if we're any closer whatsoever of getting any kind of release outside of those two countries yeah. because it's not even out in Japan yet, as far as I'm aware. To be honest, I completely forgot about it and that it even existed. <laughs> it's just like really shame on you, I know, Lauren. I know. I just, I guess because like they had the name change as well. I was just like, what is Final Fantasy Awakening? Oh yeah, okay. Type Zero Online. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like. The last we heard was that the um, the Chinese publisher essentially has the rights to publish it in China, mm. but publishing it anywhere else is nothing to do with them. Mm. I think it's a perfect world, isn't it? So mm-hmm. they, they have the rights to publish in China. If anyone wants to publish it anywhere else, then I guess they have to get permission from Square Enix. Gotcha. Square Enix obviously don't care that much about the game because they <laughs> have decided not to publish it anywhere else so far, yeah. apart from Korea. But I don't know who published it in Korea either. No. It may have been Perfect World, it may have been Square Enix. I should probably look that up. Yeah. But yeah, so that's... um, It's doing well in the regions it has released. Um, Will we ever see it in the West? I'm I sure. wouldn't hold your breath on that. No. Because, no, I don't think so. Because yeah. like, it is so... It is just so forgotten about, really, which is a shame. But like, it it is just like yesterday's Well, I mean, news. especially with uh, Tabata saying that he doesn't really want to make another type game anytime soon i think unless he passes the torch of that franchise onto someone else that franchise is dead now yeah unfortunately yeah it's it's just gone because yeah he doesn't want to support it personally Mm -hmm. well they they do want to support it they've just they just would rather work on their original game and apparently and apparently final fantasy 15 yeah and i like yeah i really i really don't blame them for wanting to do that um but it is a shame for fans of of final fantasy type zero yeah, and there are still quite a lot of us that do enjoy the type games. Mm-hmm. It's just that well, we've only the ever... type game that well, we got. Yeah, we've only ever had one in the West, <laughs> despite the fact there being quite a few more. I know. Oh dear. One day. One day. Uh, what's the other piece of news we got, Lauren? 
we got that the Japanese version of Mobius is going to have a special Final Fantasy X event. I'm actually like really, really stoked for this, and it might actually make me play Mobius again. So basically, um, like as many of you probably know, Nojima is working on um, Mobius. Well, most of the original most game of the original creators. game creators but essentially the the like concept um the story sort of creator of final fantasy 10 is working on mobius so he knows better than anyone like what's going on with final fantasy 10 he did the um he did will he did um the novel which to some of you may be um sort of a oh why he's also the but one that like, in the ultimanius said that seven and ten are connected yeah and even though kataze directed final mm. fantasy 10 <laughs> he just basically defers to Najima and says if that guy says it's right it's right yeah um but essentially yeah so in mobius what he's going to do is he's going to um have titus essentially spend his time between Final Fantasy X and the end of Final Fantasy X, uh, the end of X and the end of X-2. Um, end of like X and he's beginning doing. of X-2. Yeah. Well, no, end of X-2, because that's when he awakens again, isn't it? I that's guess. what I'm trying to get oh, at. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, sort of his time period through the through the story of X-2. That's probably the better he just, way to put it. Miraculously, ended up in the world of Mobius. Yeah, he ended up in the world of Mobius. So, and, um, yeah. I mean, they released a trailer for it called Dream Within a Dream. Inception. Yeah. Um, That's all it's missing. But, I mean, we don't know that even though a lot of the original the lost original staff members from Final Fantasy X are working on Mobius, such as Toriyama, Najima, Kataze, mm-hmm. like, they're all... But I think there's a lot more than that as well. Yeah. Um, we have no idea if this is going to be canon. All they've said nah. is that the game will... The event will focus around what happens to Titus between the two games... Um, so yeah, we, we have no idea kind of what scale it's going to have. All that I know is that when Lauren watched the trailer, she said, what the hell have they done to his face? (laughs) Well, they made him like in some of the, um, some of his like facial expressions, he looks like really puffy. I'm just like, what, what happened to you? Did you get your wisdom teeth out? (laughs) Did you get your wisdom teeth out? Actually, I was looking at comparison screenshots of him between, uh, the PS2, PS3 and PS4. PS4 version doesn't look so good. Really? No. Like, just make... Like, there's the whole joke going around that basically, with every single iteration they do, they make his eyes even bluer. Oh. And there's a basically a, a kind of meme where they're like PlayStation 5, and it's just like a picture of bright-eyed Sora. Because <laughs> they just get... They're so blue and piercing by the time it gets to PlayStation 4. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, that's something that I've been sort of talking about on the... Um, on the stream a bit and it's one thing that I've I've always been sort of unhappy about with Final Fantasy X is the fact that they made him look extremely Caucasian in the uh, sort of um, real-time graphics but in the FMVs look, he looks more Japanese. They, they just really enjoyed the Meg Ryan comparison <laughs> and they wanted to make sure it was more accurate. Yeah um, but yeah no like I love the way that Titus... Or is it Ellen? Yeah, well, both probably. Yeah. But I love the way that Titus looks in the FMVs. I think he looks like so just cool. I just, I just really like the way he looks, and I, I always find it sad that they they're always going away from that. They're always going away from the fact that they made him look more well, Asian Riku in the as FMVs. well, like and Riku as well. Yeah, like I mean, you know, come on, embrace the heritage. I, I, I think they look gorgeous in their FMVs, and yeah, and embrace. Embrace your culture. You're okay, Lauren. I know. You're okay. I know. 
Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much all the news there's been. There's been other updates, as I said, to Brave Exvius, and there's a. I think there's been other stuff with Mobius and also Record Keeper. But outside of that, it's been really slim pickings. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, next episode we've got a, a few different things we can do. Um, we have been speaking about potentially doing our kind of year review of World of Final Fantasy. But um, we'll have to see how that goes, whether anyone's actually interested in it. If you are interested in in uh, hearing us do like a kind of um, a spoiler episode for World of Final Fantasy, then tweet at us, let us know, comment on our Facebook. Um, Attack yeah, just, us. Yeah, just, just let us know wherever you can. Um, okay, so music this episode, Lauren, is from Final Fantasy IX. It's uh, from the uh, arrangement album that OC Remix did. Mm-hmm. And it's a version of the prelude by Archangel. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Sounds hopefully nice. you guys enjoy that. The next episode of Final Fantasy Unit is scheduled to come out on the 31st of October. As I just mentioned, we're, we're kind of, depending on what happens in the next two weeks, it could be nothing. Nothing could happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we also, yeah, we're also open to doing a spoiler cast for World of Final Fantasy if you guys would be interested in that. I know that like, a lot of people did play it, but not anywhere near as many people that played like a main series game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a more of a niche Final Fantasy title. But if you're interested, let us know. Um, and of course, if you are listening for the first time and haven't subscribed yet, be sure to do so. If you go to iTunes and search for Final Fantasy Union or Final Fantasy, whatever they're about, and just hit that subscribe button and get notifications every two weeks about new podcasts coming out. Yay! Yeah, is there anything else you want to say before we leave, Lauren? No, just have a lovely day and uh, goodbye. Well, you forgot to tell everyone that they should catch all our news coverage that isn't happening at funfantasyunion.com, just in case there is some news that happens. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, do that. And or if you like mobile updates. And, and if you're Braden's, interested in the mobile and games. Braden's coverage. Yeah. Braden is amazing. And Thank of course, you, if you want to support the show, then head over to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. All right, Lions. Okay. I love you all. Thank you so much. Goodbye. And I'm Dara saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.
Thank you.